come out and see Julio and some Carolina gear. Yeah, man. It is. Um, I'm ready. Got yes. my championship game shirt, uh, hoodie. So we're, you know, we're right next to the merch tent. We were in trio. I'm actually disappointed that there's not ACC Atlantic and Coastal gear. Like nothing that would indicate to me that, hey, wait a minute. You you want a Roblo ACC Coastal shirt. Yes, that's nothing exactly else. what no I logos, want. logos, just Coastal. Pretty much. That's what I want. Like, there's the demographic for us. Why won't you do it? So I think, honestly, what ends up needs to happen is, like, you and I just need to go ahead and do it. Correct. At this point. That's what we it's can. all about. No, nothing stopping us. No, nothing is stopping us. So, anyway, we're out here. Come say, hey, we're going to be out here from 10 until 2 tomorrow ahead of the ACC championship game. Uh, we'll have culture state from 10 until noon. We'll be out here from noon until two. Mrs. Wolf, Mrs. Wolf Ms. is Ms. not going to be now. happy with me. Uh, no, no, she's not. She's oh, not no. happy. Yeah, she knows. She knows. You have permission, Mrs. Wolf. She you knows. have permission. You can... It's almost like Ms. Wolf saw your tweet and was, nope, yes, you did. You, you, you saw the tweet? You can choke me, Ms. And she Wolf. is like, no, absolutely not, Joe Giglio. <laughs> I'll beg for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll turn that into some content. We'll turn You're the best. You're the best. So we <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we got some ACC availability uh, from the uh, we're so we're we got Mac Brown. He's uh, he's excited, Joe. He's excited. He should be. So he has some press availability today. I know he's been you know they got like multiple press conferences throughout the day, and it's all about opportunity, man. It's about opportunity. They're coming off a loss to Georgia Tech. They're coming off a rivalry loss to NC State. It's not the way you want to go into this thing, but they still have that opportunity to do something that North Carolina has not done since 1980. The guys have earned their way into this game. Uh, very proud of them. Uh, the, the fact that they have won nine games, and, and it's only the second time since I was here before, that Carolina's won nine games is, is really cool. Proud of those kids. Uh, they had to go through uh, six road games to get there after losing six road games last year, so they've overcome a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a huge game um, with a chance to go to the Orange Bowl. And we'd never been to the Orange Bowl before, and we were in the Orange Bowl two years ago, and obviously have a huge task this weekend uh, with Clemson, uh, but at least have a chance um, to, to go back to the Orange Bowl for two times in four years. So that's Mac Brown, head coach North Carolina, on the opportunity that's there for them. Meanwhile, Dabo and Clemson, they're coming at this from a completely different perspective. Usually when they're playing for an ACC championship, they're also in the college football playoff. That's not going to be the case this year after a loss to South Carolina. Here's Dabo on just the championship itself, which they missed out on completely last year. They didn't even participate last year. So clearly there's a little bit of a recalibration of the league and who's on top, and maybe that's the way they're looking at it. The last ever uh, Atlantic division, um, and uh, at least, who knows, maybe it'll change again 20 years from now, but at least uh, where we are today, and uh, getting back to Charlotte, you know, something that, uh, you know, to, to be able to get back there for the seventh time in the past eight years is it's special, you know. Uh, it's really special, you know, to have that type of cons consistency, especially, you know, um, you know, the fact that we hadn't done it in 20 years, um, you know, prior to 2011. So uh, proud of these guys. It's not easy to do. They've earned it. And, uh, you know, also congratulations to North Carolina and, and, and Coach yeah. Brown. I mean, they've earned it as well. You know, both teams have earned the opportunity uh, to go compete for the overall ACC title, and that's something that, that we all strive for. And, and for us, we've got two goals left. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we're not going to hit all five of our goals this year, but if we hit, if we hit four out of five, we're going to have a great year.
That's Dabo Swinney, the head coach at Clemson. Uh, the vibes are a little off around the Tigers going into this ACC championship game. Or maybe I'm wrong about this. So we bring on the Dabo Whisperer, David Hale, <laughs> ACC Network, ESPN.com. David, you know you're the Dabo Whisperer. Uh, I whisper, Dabo hears it, gets angry, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, look, this is who Dabo is. Like, all that spiel there, um, it, he believes it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he'll, <laughs> Andrea Adelson and I have been joking all week about the Dabo's like, you know, making the playoff was never one of our goals. It was never one of our goals. Sure. Our goal, our goal is to, to get to the ACC championship game and win that. And, you know, look, uh, I think he has at least said it enough that people there might believe it. But this is definitely a very odd dynamic to have this game effectively with zero playoff implications, particularly as it pertains to Clemson. Yeah. Did he enumerate what those four goals were? Because not they're not in the playoff. Fine. He said they, they have four of their five goals, yes. right? What so, was one of them beating state? Yeah, because you didn't win your own state. Yeah, that's and you can't one of go them. to the playoffs. So what are we talking uh, about here? You he, beat Wake and you they, beat state. They win the first one. They win their division. They win against South Carolina, which they didn't do. Did not do. Uh, <laughs> they win the ACC and they win their last game. Last, that game. last game. Oh, is. okay. Okay. That's his goal. Now I got now, it. It's now a, I got yeah, it. Yeah, it's a total. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a loophole in the. I uh, love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> David Hale, ESPN.com, ACC Network. Uh, you did your in-play earlier today with Andrea Adelson. At any point, did you discuss the possibility of Clemson fans wanting to lose this game because it would force Dabo to ditch, to jettison the, nobody believed in us, I told you about DJ, you put it all out there. It's, this is something that Bud Elliott floated over on the cover three, that sometimes these coaches who operate at a different level need an experience like this to actually get out of doubling down on things that might not have worked. I'm not sure Dabo is capable of stopping himself from doubling down. I'm not sure there is anything that will divert that train from okay. the track that it's on. It's, okay. So we were just over at the press conferences with, with you know Dabo and Mac, and it is I, I literally was just saying to Andrea afterwards, like it is astonishing to hear Mac Brown, who is already in the Hall of Fame, 70-year-old, mm -hmm. Like as won everything that there is to win in college football, talking about all the ways that he has changed and adjusted and continues to, and talking about well, you know, NIL, it, it is what it is, and we're going to have to embrace it. And you know, I just told him he, he said uh, if guys are practicing hard and they want to go on the portal, but they've been practicing hard and they've been doing the right things and they still want to play in our bowl, I'm going to have them stay and play in the bowl. Like it's <laughs> mind-boggling to hear this from someone like Mac Brown and Dabo. There is just no like he will cut off his nose to spite his face, mm. I think, mm. if it means being able to stay true to the things that he has said he's going to do. David Hale, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive in-person hotline. Yeah. That's Joe Vias. I'm Joe Giglio. Uh, you just mentioned the portal. How wild from what you, the coaches you've talked to, do we really think this is going to be on Tuesday absolute, when it opens up? Absolute anarchy. Um, the, you know, Max, Max said he sat down with a, a quote-unquote starter at lunch the other day and asked him if he'd heard from other teams. And the guy said, he's got 15 places he could go and they're all offering money. And <laughs> so look, I, I don't, and I, you know, Mac can spin a yarn with the best of them. So I, I'm not going to say those details are all accurate, but I'm not at all surprised by that. I think this is um, just a fact of, of how the system is set up right now. And it, there's no way around it because at the end of the day, college football is a professional sport, whether we want to call it that or not, it is. But we're not because we won't admit that it's a professional sport. Yeah. We can't have all of the 
uh, safeguards that allow yes. it to work in any sort of an organized fashion. Every incentive is pulling in another direction. And so until you just want to say it's going to be a professional sport, that's what it is. We're going to have contracts or whatever. This is the way that it's going to yeah. be. I'll, I'll use either Riley Leonard or MJ Morris as an example of what I would love to see. If you want to take a chance on a player out of high school, you should be able to give them a four-year contract. Yeah. Because the, and you pay them a lower price, kind of like the Marlins or, or one of these major league teams. If the Yankees want to come along and buy Riley Leonard, well, you, you can't. <laughs> you can't because you gave him a four-year deal. And and that's where that's where college football needs to get, in my opinion. And at the very least, like, uh, if Riley Leonard wants to leave Duke and go to Alabama, Alabama has to compensate Duke sure. for that, which would help with a lot of the – Financial what is, disparities. Is it, what is this? European soccer? <laughs> hey, what, 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 are we buying guys out now? What's saying, going on here? I, it's it's interesting that you say that because I will tell you, I have I have talked with a couple of, of power players within college football who have said, I think the model that is moving to eventually is very much a European soccer That's model. That's crazy so to me. Much of the underpinnings financially and and all of that. It's you know it's this, the same way the Premier League essentially became the Premier League in the '90s was why are we subsidizing all of these crap organizations yeah. when we could be going out and doing this ourselves? And I think this is very much sort of the the model that it's moving towards. Well, that also sounds to me like that's a model that's going to completely disrupt conferences. Yeah, I mean, well, it's stra- it's going to stratify them because you're going to see the Big Ten and the SEC with all their money. Yes, use yes. everybody as a feeder yes. system. Yes. Well, I mean, that's we live in a world where the guy who was coaching terribly up the way is going to get around seven million dollars and completely offsetting nine. with David Tepper. Nine. Is it nine million? Nine. Is nine million dollars? Jeez. Well, all I know is that David Tepper remains rich because he doesn't actually have to pay Matt Rule to coach anymore because he's at Nebraska. But Nebraska can afford that given all their issues. They can still afford that because the Big Ten's just raking in cash. It's, well, it's funny. I, I, uh, I remember talking to uh, uh, I won't name the AD. But I, remember talking, <laughs> I remember talking to an AD after um, conference realignment stuff was going on and all the money that was going to come in. And he's like, well, you know, we're going to have a lot less, but like those checks that Auburn hasn't gotten yet, they've already spent. So, yeah, I mean, there's it's a little true. bit of just not being a terrible business person can, <laughs> can help uh, nullify some of the issues. David Hale, ESPN.com, ACC Network. Check out In Play with him and Andrea Adelson. All right, uh, we'll wrap things up here with like actual football. I don't like the way that North Carolina is coming into this game defensively. Uh, Georgia Tech's ability with a third and a fourth string guy to move the ball, problematic. Ben Finley, great story, but again, he was in the scout team not that long ago. He was able to make some big plays against his Tar Heels defense. I just feel like they're back in get-right mode for other teams, specifically the running back. I, f- I feel like this is a Notre Dame-esque game for the Tar Heels coming up with Will Shipley racking up yardage on Saturday. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Dabo was asked who he thought his like secret weapon would be in this game, and he mentioned Phil Maffa, who's their other running back of this big 230-pound physical wrecking ball of a running yeah, back yeah yeah and uh then mac was asked the same question he asked who dabbo said oh Ma- mafa he's like well uh notre dame had a back like that that ran all over us so yeah that might actually be might actually be a problem uh you know look to me a big part of this oh man it's, see, yeah, so i can't he's, say anything bad about he's the saying, tigers it's, now. He's dabbo angry. dabbo sent the uh, yeah, yeah that's what's up so that's but what's i up. think a big part of this is is how does the play calling go because shipley has been underused often uh and i think you know, how much of this is going to be in DJ Uyunglele's hands versus yeah. how much of it is going to be on, on the ground game. Um, 
as much as DJ has struggled, Clemson has not shied away from putting the game in his hands routinely. Which is, yeah, I don't see, I think they need this badly enough that I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think there's a doubling down. I think they want to get the surefire win. That's where they're going to put on Will the ground. Will Shipley's the best player on Easily. the field there. So there's just no. The question. question is, does Will Shipley get a Wolfpack Unlimited Award if he racks up <laughs> a bunch of touchdowns on the Tar Heels? Uh, I think that does count. Yeah. I think it counts. He's I got, think... his parents went to NCAA. He's a legacy guy. 26 uh-huh. family members. <laughs> yep. 26. <laughs> David Hill, great stuff as always. Check out his stuff on ESPN.com, ACC Network as well. We'll check in with Bamani Jones. Right time is the podcast, Game Theory on HBO. The college football playoff is expanding. Is that a good thing? Next. <laughs> HBO is the right time. Hey, Bo, it's a Friday. Look, look who I found. Yo, it's the wildest thing, man. I like... found him. I, I don't know what kind of benefits plan y'all got over there, but apparently I need to get on it. it, it it's summer Fridays and it's cold outside. <laughs> hey, Jim Rome famously said, I take a lot of vacation because I get a lot of vacation. Yeah, really? just some of us don't just take it on Fridays during football season, but you know what? You're look, a better dad than look, most of the other people. Look, go at, this, is, this is my brother's fault because he decided to get married in November. So when you're the best man at your brother's wedding, it, it, you know, that's going to take some priority, obviously. And then this whole like junior Canes hockey dad life also cutting into some football stuff as well. So that's taken me out a few, but I'm here. I'm in Charlotte Yo. for the ACC championship game, Bo. Let's go. And Julio is wearing a Carolina hoodie, which is shocking to me after that whole thing about I think State should win 11 games every now and then. Like, I didn't realize just how just how state you actually whoa, were until whoa, you said that. Whoa, whoa, not every now and then. I'm saying, like, <laughs> Bo, you realize every Power 5 school other than Vanderbilt has won at least 10 games since the last time NC State has won 10 games. You like get that, right? Every single Like, Virginia's one. only won 10 games once in their history, and it's just so happened to have happened since NC State's won their 10 games. Duke has won 10 games since Carolina. I mean, since State won 10 games. Yes. Yes, Bo. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but Dave Dorn will tell you it's a great season. Great you know, season. Four quarterbacks that beat Carolina. T- Bo texted me the second Georgia Tech beat. Carolina he was like, what are you talking about? You're, you're drunk. Because <laughs> we were talking about how Carolina could win 11 games this year. It's entirely possible. But I was very skeptical. It, yeah, it, it, it did all of a sudden. Yeah. It got real Carolina now, didn't it? You got to talking up 11 games. I don't believe they've won a game since. No, they have not. I know. They have not. I know. And I don't think they're going to win this game. And that's why I think I think there's more freak out. I with, do. I there is more. There is more freak out with what's going on, on the basketball side of things about the two game losing streak in football. Three game losing streak going from AT, AP top twenty five number one to three lose uh, three losses in a row. Uh, this last game against Indiana, it's it's uh, it's it's back to hand rigging time. Exactly where we were at this time last year before the Tar Heels went on a run and ruined Coach K's season. Yeah, by the way, I would like to take a note that I looked up and saw that game and looked at the little numbers by both teams and was like, oh, Indiana's good again. Isn't that something? I was unaware that uh, we had taken a quick little trip back to 1988. Okay, cool. That's what's up. Now, I mean, you it's the kind of thing you do the hand ranking because you need something to do at this time yeah. of year because we know that there is very little of consequence right now. However, um, we forget from time to time. It's been a little bit of a bumpier road the last 20 years, but there's no more spoiled fan base in sports than North Carolina basketball, man. So like a three-game losing streak, I can imagine it sounds like the end of the world. That doesn't really happen. 
Careful, Bomani. I mean, Jillio got into all sorts of Twitter. Oh, no, uh, no, no. See, I've learned I can't say it, but others can. Others can. So now I just need the super cut of Marquise Williams saying it <laughs> and Bomani saying it, and I feel good. Look, all I'm saying is I was born in August of 1980. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was 13 that Carolina missed the Sweet 16. Right. Literally, my whole life up until that point they had and you just look at it nobody else can say they had a run like that and so when it sprinkles a little bit in chapel hill it feels like a hurricane to people it really it's does. pretty it really hilarious does. like when you think about the fact they got one season of misery to point to literally one and everybody points to the exact same one because they've only had one of those ever Basically, well, which you don't one, mean the eight and twenty year? Is it the eight and twenty year, one? or is it the two thousand and ten NIT year where Duke won the championship? No, it's the eight and twenty because at okay. least in the twenty ten year, like I was there when they beat Michigan State, that eventually got to the final four. They beat Ohio State, which wound up being a one seed. Like they earned their number one seed in the NIT. There was no NIT for eight and twenty. Right. <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't. But Monty Jones, ESPN, right time is a podcast. HBO Game Theory uh, coming back. Very, very soon. So uh, while we got you on local bow here, and we know we, we love local bow here on 99.9 The Fan, I'm going to start this conversation with a question. How many coworkers would show up to your birthday party? <laughs> Yo, man. Uh, <laughs> the thing that made that story about Russell Wilson so wild was that I only knew about it from the guy, like, saying, hey, all these people showed up. And I feel like 20 of your coworkers showing up to your birthday party. Like, that's, not a, that's not a small number. I don't know how no. many are supposed to show up at your birthday yes. party. I'm now afraid that if I had a birthday party, because, like, if I had a birthday party for human resources reasons, I would have to invite everybody, like, yes. every single person. And I would honestly assume that anybody that could not make it, either A, absolutely could not make it because people are about survival, or two, wow, they must really not rock with me like that. (laughs) The thing with Russell Wilson is the only reason to go is because you like him at this point. Because, like, Well, not because because Sierra invited you. I mean, Sierra's throwing the party, man. That might be the reason. Yeah, oh, there's big yeah. everybody, everybody, everybody keeps saying that Sierra throwing the party thing like it's going to be a party full of Sierras. Like, I don't know if you heard, but she's showing up with a date. <laughs> well, true, true, true. But 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 Joe's point is, yeah, no, it's the kindergarten mom energy to it. Like, we're having a party. We're inviting everyone yeah. on the team. In your class. Because we're not going to exclude anyone yeah. in the class. Cupcakes. Though. Cupcakes yes. for everybody. Yeah, like, I was actually. Your spider. Uh, underoos while you're out. I, I was actually thinking a little more like I was expecting for somebody to go down the it's the season how you having a party you need to be getting your rest and getting back in like it's so open season on Russell Wilson at this point that's that I would have expected that somebody would have done that that's the thing because if we think about if things were not going this way for Russell Wilson in Denver people people deciding on their very precious off day to go do something else spend time with their own family knock out whatever it is that they wanted to do and not go to Russell Wilson's 34th birthday party. It's not even a milestone birthday. It's not like he's turning 40. It's not turning 30. It's just the 34th birthday. It makes complete sense. Like, people just sometimes sometimes cannot go. So where Russell Wilson is, though, is the reason why things are where they are. And I guess we can blow this up nationally. It seems to be kind of a open season on, on, on quarterbacks. Because you got, what, Patrick Peterson calling out uh, Kyler Murray now. 
And Kyler Murray's got to go on Twitter, like, dude, you could have called you like you could have called me if you have an issue with me. So it's just been an, it's just been an interesting season with people being very open with their disdain for their QB. For what kind of QBs? <laughs> I, I believe the black ones. I believe I believe the black yeah. ones. Yeah, and now let's be clear because yeah. I know there's somebody driving their car and they just gripped that ten and two real hard right now when they heard me say that. You know what I'm saying? These yeah, are black people yeah. that are saying this about the black quarterback, right? The point yeah. I'm making is let is you can get away with it with the black dudes. Like we ain't heard nobody say nothing out loud about Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. We we have not seen that. Matt Jones, by the way, seems to be the jerk of all jerks up there. And you're not gonna have somebody get in his face like he gets in the face of other people there. They feel like they can get away with it with these cats. What took it to the next level for me with Russell Wilson was when I saw Justin Tucker make a joke about him on the plane, like, yo, this yeah. game ain't got no rules. Even the kicker gets to do this now. <laughs> yes. That's well, yeah, I was, I was thinking about yeah. Yeah, uh, sometimes I, I don't want to, like, believe these types of things, and I'm now going through my head of opportunities for people to really call out their QBs, and that hasn't really done. I feel like in the Zach Wilson case, it's the or fact he that got he, got, benched. he got benched, so that kind of speaks for itself. Nobody's rocking for him. And I guess yeah. in the case of Mac Jones, too, you know? Like, I guess nobody's got... dancing on Zach Wilson's grave. Yeah, I guess they there's that, too. In the same way. With... Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're, Zach Wilson had been playing bad enough where there was room for somebody to say something about him along the way, right? Like, if you look at how happy they are every time White Mike do something, like, you can tell that it ain't just about White Mike. It's got a lot to do with Mike, uh, with, with Zach Mike Wilson White. in his situation. Mike. No, it's just like, now, to be fair about Kyler Murray. White comma Mike. I, I know, I, I know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. White comma Mike. Uh, the thing about Kyler Murray, though, is – that's not the first person I've heard say that, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah. you had a, like, snowball effect on him that led to this that's a little different than Russell Wilson because nobody's saying that Russell Wilson don't work hard. Nobody's saying that Russell Wilson don't try. they just saying he heard, right? But you wound up with the contract clause, um, and then they didn't play well this year. He hasn't played especially well this year. Um, he had the thing with Kingsbury where he kind of sold him out of the dais, and then you wind up with Patrick Peterson saying that. And what got me about Peterson saying it, not simply that he did, but he said it so matter-of-factly and dared somebody to say that that wasn't the case. And I don't know who I've seen to say that that wasn't the case because I absolutely have heard that that is the case about yeah. Kyler Murray. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking, like, with Aaron Rodgers as kind of – out there that he's been maybe that speaks for itself but i i don't know i really i really don't know because even even aaron Rodgers has that he has no personality so he tries to take on other things to make himself interesting like he goes on with pat mcafee and he tries to be provocative he does his psychoactive tea but i'm sitting here thinking yeah i haven't really heard a teammate say anything about him i mean maybe Devonte adams said screw it i'm out but of course he might want that back given how the raiders have gone i mean heck well and getting it back to football i do think it's funny that that entire division was supposed to be the division and yet here we are with Patrick Mahomes being inevitable with Kansas City <laughs> yeah I think this Josh Allen thing gave people a glimmer of hope that things are going to be back to the way they were and you wouldn't have to acknowledge something that I mean there's Mahomes and there's everybody else and so it's not just that they're still balling without Tyreek Hill it's that Tyreek Hill is gone and is playing better than any receiver in the league Right? Like, it's not like it's one of these situations where you took um, Hill out and you were like, yo, he really wasn't that good in the first place. It was just a matter of the system he's in. No, we took him out and actually found out he was better than we thought. And Mahomes is still out here killing it, killing it. Yeah. And so Russell Wilson, there had been some signs of decline before this. Um, Herbert 
you know, he's had the rib injury, so we'll, you know, like how good he should have been this year is its own question. But he's just not, nobody's in the same league as Mahomes. It's one dude, and then it's literally everybody else. Like Josh Allen, Josh Allen can do incredible things in the same way that Mahomes can do incredible things. But he can't put it together consistently like that dude can. And so, honestly, it didn't matter what quarterback they brought into that division. It was still going to be the Chiefs and everybody else, as far as I can tell, as long as they got that one dude. With the right coach, too, though. In Andy Reid. I mean, yeah, because the Chargers might have a helps. coaching problem. So I'm I just mean, saying, if Mahomes is the Lions quarterback, <laughs> if Mahomes yeah, is the Lions quarterback, the Lions go to the playoffs. Maybe the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe. No, no. Yeah, they go if Mahomes is the Lions no. quarterback, the Lions no. go to the what playoffs. What was Mahomes' record at, at Texas Tech with Kingsbury, who's not a good coach? I believe, no, no, I believe that that you make is a fair point. I'll just tell you this. Okay. The variance between the talent on defense at Texas Tech sure. versus the talent offense fair. in the Big 12 is much fair. wider than it is in this case. Like, Mahomes is as close to a Jordan-like figure as we have ever had in the NFL. So I'm not saying that they're the best hmm. team in the NFC if they have him. But I do think that they go to the playoffs. Yeah. Here's the ultimate question about Patrick Mahomes. Could Matt Rule screw it up? Yeah, I think so. Yo, it's, I do. It's, you know, the, the rule thing is so interesting because I didn't pay, like, the closest attention to what he was doing in Charlotte. I just knew that, obviously, it wasn't working. And I think no. they did something that I understood but didn't work out, which is if you don't see a quarterback in the first round that you want, then they went with maybe we could get Sam Darnold right. Maybe we could get – but Sam Darnold was so bad that you should have known that he wasn't good. Mayfield, right. I kind of saw why you might have thought you could do this. But I, I will be – yeah, but I will be shocked if Matt Rule doesn't do a great job in Nebraska. Now, a great job in Nebraska might be going 10-2 and two every year, not challenging for the Big Ten, but he is going to crush it there. Crush it. Mm. Clip, clip and save. Well, well, I know, it's I'm, rare I disagree with I'm with Because yeah, we talked about this earlier, too. I'm with you, Bomani, in terms of like what he might be able to do with Nebraska. Obviously, the one thing I know you acknowledge is with uh, with Southern Cal and UCLA moving to the Big Ten. It does, it does help, it does get help get him. Get foot in California, but they have to recruit in either California or Texas. Yeah. So. so those are all things that are going for him. My issue with Matt Rule, and I've had a, I've had some people like bring it up, like, well, move on, move on. I'm like, well, what, what former – NFL coaches that go back to college essentially excuse their way out of what happened in their <laughs> NFL job. I mean, basically, it sounds to me like he knows he's never getting four year plan, Bo. He was getting a four, yeah, four, year, a four plan. year plan by the oh, if, I, if I knew it was a two year plan, I would I would have done a two year plan. Buddy, you don't get two years. What are you talking yeah. about? It's like the, the whole thing has been weird that he's yeah. gone on this weird campaign on NFL channels to excuse away what it was fairly clear he was in over his head. Yeah, I do think he was in it over his head. I think he misunderstood that you can't run a pro team like you can run a college team. But I do think what he was saying right there was, wouldn't have done that stopgap quarterback stuff um, if I had recognized that I was going to be on this kind of clock, which sounded a lot to me like, I would have said get Deshaun Watson if I knew it was that serious. Like, if I knew that this well, is what it was going to have to be. But to be fair in that in those conversations, David Tepper is the one who makes those calls, and David Tepper desperately wanted either Matt Stafford, who didn't want to come to the Carolina Panthers, and it looked like yeah. Deshaun Watson also did not want to come here. Either, and also, nobody in the contract. Yeah, nobody else was. There was one team, as I understand it, that was willing to offer him that contract. One, right. and it was the one, and it was the one that he went to. But as far as it goes for Rule in Nebraska, 
I think people really underestimate what it means when you won at Temple and Baylor. And I think that Baylor has been oh, no. decent enough like the last no, 10 years that no. people don't understand no. how hard it is to win games at Baylor, no. cleaning up one of the biggest no. messes that anybody has ever left at a program. I'm well, just telling you, when he gets to Nebraska, the man, get word. ready. Terrible point. Well, ha- no, no, no. You can save that Ouch. for the next time I'm not here. Yeah, hold, on, sure terrible. hold on, 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 Mister Station. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll put it to you like this: You're on that station with 11 games every now and then. I do, I do think that State should win 11 games more regularly than Baylor does. I think State should win 10 games more regularly than Baylor does. And Matt Rule won 10 games yeah. at Baylor four years off of Art Browse. I don't know how you can look at that and not say, yeah. I think this dude will do a good oh, job in Nebraska. He went 0 in 10 against top 25 teams. But that would and be... he beat, he, I think he beat Texas when they were 7 and 6, never beat Oklahoma. He could yeah. beat the bad teams. He couldn't beat the good teams. It's but that'll get you far in college, Temple, man. Also, Baylor's in the state of Texas, as you know, which is easier to win than the state of North Carolina. And Temple, by the mm-hmm. way, oh. Al Golden, who's is who gets the credit for Temple. But Al, Bo- Al Golden was not winning at Temple in the way that Matt Rule yeah. won at Temple. Al Golden has will, a 500 record at Temple. Matt Rule did not. I will say this: if you really want to, if you really want to show off your coaching acumen in college, you actually should be the NC State coach and get them too. There you go. Points. That's the like Urban. You want to you want a rehab stint? Urban, go be the coach of state. But Monty Jones, ESPN Right Time is the podcast game theory on HBO. I will be here next Friday. Um, and look, <laughs> I see. I view it as you. Know, I'm taking Fridays off uh, in in the middle of football season. To me, that's a solid for Gilio. I'm making it easy on the days I'm not here. Think of the summers. Think of the summers, man. I'm just saying. That's true. All right, Bobani. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, yeah. Yada yada. Your way out of your laziness, Joe. You go ahead and you do that. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. It's the OG, alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias. We're at the ACC Fan Fest ahead of the ACC Championship coverage built by Mungo Homes. 